the game is over. The New York Jets are the world champions. You play to win the game. He's got it. That's a Jet touchdown. Can't wait. You're listening to the official New York Jets podcast, a Jets 360 production. It's hot, it's humid, it's training camp. The official Jets podcast is back in studio. Ethan Greenberg and Eric Allen. This is like the best time of the year because football is back. There's I like-, like fall better. Okay. Well, I think the air is a little <laughs> bit different. I mean, we're talking about... Yeah. Training camp's cool. No, no, no. no. It means yeah. football's I'm back. I'm not talking about seasons. Okay. I'm just talking, this is like a very exciting time because you see everything that transpires for like six months start to come to fruition. And then not to mention the training camp battles and the position death. And you, you can go position by position and be intrigued by what's going to happen or what's going to transpire over these 28 days. For, for the first couple of days, though, it's really not football. Because yeah. Todd Bowles would tell you it's still shorts and T-shirts. Mm-hmm. Jamal Adams previewed what's ahead for this coming week here with the pads. It's time. It's real football. Now we're going to start to see people try to separate themselves. But it's early on in camp, and I think the Jets are feeling plenty good. Tremaine Johnson, a newcomer, signing free agency, the big ticket addition, talked about that during his media availability first day here, saying that you know he was a part of a Rams team that struggled, then they made the playoffs last season, and he said this Jets team has the potential to make the playoffs. All eyes, always on the quarterbacks every year. We've talked about it at length that this is one of the most unique quarterback rooms in the league. It's only been a couple days, but what what do you like what you've seen out of Josh McCown and Teddy Bridgewater? Because they're, at least through my eyes, have had pretty good camps so far, and they both look like they're splitting the reps pretty evenly. They're splitting them evenly, but uh, right now I would say Greens. I haven't seen Teddy take any first-team reps. Right now mm-hmm. it's all Josh taking all the first-team reps, but those guys are getting plenty of work and they'll take it. I think McCown said, "What do you say after the first day that, uh, oh, you know, that he could add, he because he had the extra reps, he would indulge in some ice cream." Yeah. Oh, it, wait, wait, hold on. I got to talk about ice cream real quick. Have you ever heard of Martha's in Lake George? Have you ever been to Lake George? No. No, never. It's uh, basically is their ice cream. It's soft serve. It's super sized, so a kitty is like off the cone. But soft serve isn't the stuff you scoop up, correct? No, it's the thing out of the machine. No, the I, for, pe- but, for people coming to training camp, and there's still a couple practices left, I think, open to the public, uh, there might be a cap on, on the number because after this weekend, there's just uh, two more mm-hmm. open practices. And, and sorry, folks, but the Jets are going down, and they're going to practice with the Redskins down in Richmond, Virginia. So that kind of split up training camp a little bit. But come out to Rutgers Saturday night for the green and white. Um, Is this relating to ice cream? I'm getting there. Okay, I I didn't know. I didn't know. For the people who are definitely coming out here to Florham Park, stop by Madison, go to McCool's. McCool's? That's the spot. McCool's is the spot. And and what is the ice cream flavor of choice for Eric Allen at McCool's? There there are uh, any number of flavors, but I'm like a chocolate, peanut butter, cookie dough kind of guy. And are you cone or cup? Uh, I do a cup. I don't yeah. know. I, I'm team cup unless no, it's I don't like the cone because it can get too. Uh, it, it, it can get a little bit messy. Yeah, and, and in the heat, 
specifically in the summer, I feel like it's a race to eat the ice cream before it drips on and gets on your hand. Yeah, but I'm a guy who gets the ice cream, puts it in a bag, and I go eat it at home. I don't have to eat it right uh, there yeah, either. And I don't want to eat it outside you, you, you don't like a nice stroll in Madison eating your ice cream? No, I don't. Okay, well, going back to... <laughs> Going back to Martha's real quick, <laughs> the reason why I brought it up is because they had something I had never heard of before, yeah. and it was mint chocolate sprinkles. So back in the day when I was a kid, they either called them sprinkles or jimmies. Did you ever yeah. hear of that before? Yeah, yeah, my, my mom calls them jimmies. All right, well, let's get this back on track here. All right, fine. That was a little ice cream diversion there. That was that was our break, but Josh McCown said he indulged in some ice cream, and I want to move on from the quarterbacks. I know. Crazy idea. Crazy idea. No, we should go. We'll get back there at some point. Yeah, uh, yeah. There, there's plenty There's plenty of time left. It's a marathon training camp. But I wanted to know, EA, give me a position or two that you're most excited to see as training camp transpires. Maybe it's a battle. Maybe it's, you're just curious how the depth chart. Excited, excited is your buzzword today. You're really pumped up, aren't you? I'm <laughs> excited. <laughs> yeah. Wide receiver position because... You have Quincy Inunua, who the first day had read Penny on, then he was able to uh, take that penny off uh, and participate in team drills. And then on the third day, when the Jets went to pads, he had the penny back on. So the Jets are going to take the cautious approach with him. But he looks like his old self as far as exploding in and out of breaks. And he was really coming into his own before he got hurt last year at the Green and White at MetLife Stadium. And then Terrell Pryor is another guy that we have to continue to monitor because here's a guy who is a veteran in this league, started out as quarterback. Jermaine Curse talked about the last time I was a teammate of this guy, he was a quarterback in Seattle. But Pryor, you know, as we mentioned many times before, was coming into his own in Cleveland. And then he was banged up all last year with Washington. He had the boot on throughout the spring. He's been able to do some things in individual drills. He's trusting in the process. Mm -hmm. He's saying he's feeling as good as he has in a long time. But if you add those two to Jermaine Curse and possibly a budding star here in Robbie Anderson, this wide receiver group, could really be something. I agree, and something that Quincy tweeted was that the receiving room has four people that have had at least 800 yards one season yep. in their career, and that's yep. Robbie, Quincy, Jermaine, and Terrell Pryor. Also, Terrell Pryor, just so I know, he is huge. Yep. He is very, very big, very, very tall, and he's someone that I forgot about this. He, I think he has the NFL's longest touchdown run as a quarterback, 93 yards in Oakland. He did that with the Raiders, right? Yeah. And, and then, no, no, no. So I'm going to answer your question. I'm going to go to the defensive line, too. I'm going to switch back to defense, and it's easy to say cornerback. But the couple guys who jumped out to me, there are some rookies who quietly made a couple plays here early. I think fans should be really excited. Here, I'm going to use your word. I think fans should be really excited about Nathan Shepard. He flashes. There was a one-on-one drill that we were watching. Yeah, that was cool. Offensive line versus defensive line. Big carp out there. One of the Jets' better offensive linemen. And Shep, wow, he put on a move, showcased his power, and he was in the backfield in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. And everybody on sideline was like, "Woo!" Oh, yeah, yeah, for and, sure. And, and then for Alonzo Faducas, he's also getting some reps in there in the first team. Uh, Henry Anderson is a guy who's got some starting experience with the Indianapolis Colts. Leonard Williams has talked about first day camp when he reported, said, hey, the thing I got to do is late in games, since I'm a bigger guy, is keep that pad level down. But Leonard is the guy up there 
who are the guys who are going to be fixtures and staples along with him. Shep is the guy who Todd Bowles really likes because of the hands. And, and we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Steve McClendon, who, you know, in addition to being the philosopher on the team, the guy who's almost, he talks like, it's almost like a Sunday sermon sometimes. Because <laughs> he's emotional, he's driven, he's passionate. You love that kind of guy. I, I feel like whenever he speaks to the media, I feel like I'm in the game huddle. Yeah. Pre-game. Right. And, and so he's ready to go. And, you know, and I, he at 32, I think he's the second oldest player in the roster. But McClendon gives you good snaps up there particularly against the run. But how are all these other guys up front uh, going to take the next steps here mm -hmm. in the next few weeks? But uh, the Shepard guy, and Fadakasi got some first-team reps too, and he was doing some things as uh, well. I 94. Got, I got two things. One is Shepard, if you remember in the Senior Bowl, everyone raved about. He broke his hand at the Senior Bowl, but everyone raved that he was dominating Will Hernandez, who's now the Giants offensive lineman. And Will Hernandez was regarded as one of the top linemen in the draft. And then not only that, but Bowles mentioned after the Jets drafted him, he just kept talking about his heavy hands. And you saw it when he lined up against Carp. And the other thing is, here's a piece of Jets roster trivia this year. Okay. You said McClendon is the second oldest player on the team. Right. I believe there are three players, 30 or older. You know it's McCown and McClendon. Yeah. Can you name the third? Or can Jets Nation also name the third? Well, Bilal's going to turn 30 in October, so it's not him yet. And by the way, 2-9's looking fine. Yeah, he is looking pretty good. <laughs> like a wine. Like a vintage wine down there. Um, the third over 30. Offensive line. Do, 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 Tight end. Do, do, receiver. Defensive Linebackers. Welcome back to Double Jeopardy. I don't know. Beach? The Daily Double. Beecham? Andre Roberts. I had no oh, idea he was Oh, that's 30. a good call. Okay, so Andre Roberts, you know, that's something that uh, fans don't hear too much about. And that's going to develop at, over time during training camp. But, yeah. the, but the guys back there who at the are return spot. at the return spot who are going to battle is Andre Roberts, who you just mentioned. Also, Trenton Cannon, the rookie from Virginia mm -hmm. State. He, He's getting a lot of run yeah. in team reps, and we're going to get the running back here in just a second. Eli McGuire, not going to be part of any of that uh, return competition yeah. right now. And then the other guy in the mix as well is Lucky Whitehead. So let's make the transition right there to Eli McGuire. Feel really bad for him. Strong spring, first day camp, non-contact, fractures his foot. So Todd Bowles didn't give a timetable here but at the no, time he, of taping, he not. but he'll be out for a little bit. Right. Adam Schefter tweeted, "He's going to get he meaning McGuire's going to get surgery. Should be at least three to six weeks." Okay, that's what Schefter so. said. But I'm just telling yeah, you. What yeah, no, I, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we'll go by that, and uh, you know what it means for the running backs is that uh, you know you brought up Shefty, so then we'll go to NFL Network and, and talk Ian Rappaport. He said that the Jets worked out Alfred Morris mm -hmm. and former Giant. Uh, Orleans Darkwa. Yeah, there you go. But the guy immediately this week, when we're talking here on the podcast, who's going to get more opportunity is a guy who had some success in Seattle, and that's Thomas Rawls. Yeah. Because if you're looking at a depth chart, it goes one Bilal, two Isaiah Crowell, three Eli. When you take Eli out of the equation, Thomas Rawls will get some more run and 
the guy who I think is probably getting a lot of ice baths here early is Cannon because Cannon's getting a lot of work. He is. Thomas Rawls also, I mean, he, he had some good moments there in Seattle. And he, oh, yeah. he, he's not a bad running back whatsoever. In fact, I'd say he's more talented than you may think. But before we wrap up here, EA, you know, we, we can talk about training camp battles every day, all day, every podcast, all podcasts. Well, I, you know, I just want to Is there anything that. else that you want to no, talk I, about I, I, before I, we get into this? Hold on. I want to throw in, yeah, I want oh, to throw yeah. in a couple okay. questions yeah. from okay. Twitter because I'm telling you to use the Twitter more. Use the Twitter and Use ask the Twitter and, and and ask people, you know, ask people to be part of the program. I, I, I do ask people. People don't want to be a part of the jo- program. Justin, I, t- I tweet it out. They don't answer. Justin, by asked, the way, shameless plug. Follow him at E Allen Jets. You can follow me at E Greenberg. E, e Allen Jets on Instagram too, because I'm trying to pump up the product there. All right, trying to improve the product. I promise. Uh, Justin writes in. How do you feel about the Jets acquiring Isaiah Crowell? I like the move. I think, how old is he, like 25 or something like that? Well, yeah, he's right in that range. Right, so he, he's young, he's a bully when he runs, but he can also catch out of the backfield. And I think that he's a nice complement, especially compared to Bilal and Eli. I think you have three backs that are similar, but I think Bilal and Eli, when he's back, are more similar than Isaiah. So a lot of fans, I think, enjoy the bully runner, and when Chris Ivory was here, he was that guy, but I think Isaiah Crowell's a little more versatile than Chris Ivory, and he's younger, and he has less tread on the tires, and he put up pretty good numbers in Cleveland. He did. He put up very good numbers. In, and in I think Cleveland. his average was over four, right? Yep. So, just, just watch him individual drills, and he got in the end zone a lot. And I think where you might see him a bunch is maybe some short yard yeah. situations. Maybe if it's third and one, you decide you want to – you want to get that one yard, maybe go two tights. You bring in big LT, that's Lawrence Thomas, and you give the ball to Crowell. Maybe he's the guy right there. But he thinks his versatility wasn't used as much as it could have been mm-hmm. in Cleveland, and he's not knocking the Browns or anything like that. But the one thing you do notice, Greens, when we're standing on the sideline each and every day, hydrating on that sideline while the sun beats down on us, is Isaiah Crowell <laughs> has good hands. He does. He has good hands. And... You know, he can catch the ball out of the backfield, too. So that stood out to me. So moving on, uh, Greg writes in, what are some differences you've noticed between Jeremy Bates' offense and John Morton's? Also, how are second-year receivers, Ardari Stewart and Chad Hansen, looking? First thing I'll say about Bates, but it's so early in camp right now. Uh, the thing that Todd Bowles said when he made the change, he promoted Jeremy Bates, is I think, and you heard this from Calvin Beecham, too, I think the Jets want to be a little bit more balanced this year as far as the run game is concerned. But uh, Jeremy Bates is Mr. Energy. really like his approach on the field. Again, tremendous job with Josh McConnell last year, uh, career year. They have that uh, good relationship. And everybody's been positive about Jeremy so far, but it's been early on in the process. But I would just anticipate from a philosophical position Todd Bowles thinking maybe we'll run a little bit more here this year this is something that you just have to see what it looks like on game days yep. and then you know practice is so hard to tell especially like you talked about before you're installing things and installing things but to the second half of that question how are second year receivers Chad Hanson and Ardarius Stewart well Hanson had a very good spring and something that we've talked about is I think it'll be interesting to see 
how he adjusts once the pads come on and how he adjusts to contact because you don't really have that in the spring. It's the light contact because you can't really hit. But I'm very intrigued to see that step that Chad will take. And I'm very interested because the thing is, is everyone said, okay, he and he, even he said it, my legs got stronger. I understand how to set guys up more. Okay, well then once the pads come on, you can really tell. Stewart had... He closed the first practice on a 40-yard bomb from Teddy Bridgewater. And he's someone that you know is very aggressive with the ball in his hands. And last year he flashed at times. I mean, yeah, I actually, the, the I, Titans. Actually, I actually think he'll be better with pads on. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. He And so in the preseason against the Titans, he had that nasty stiff arm. Yep. And he had that one-handed catch against the Dolphins in week three where he dove over the middle. So I, I'm interested to see how he does, too. I'm, a, I'm not going to lie. I'm a big sucker for the second-year guys because I'm always curious to see how they do. I'm always optimistic about their progress. Tough break for uh, Stewart because he's yeah. going to be suspended for the first two games of the season, but that means more opportunities for other guys mm-hmm. like the Hanses of the world because that, and that battle after those top guys at receiver, mm. that, that's going to be something. That's going to be something we're going to be talking about over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, you want to break down the news here? Yeah, let's break it break it down, man. All right. Coming in 2019 on a date that has yet to be determined. Ladies and gentlemen, the New York Jets are unveiling new uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Number one is this uniform the Jets currently wear. And they will wear in 2018. Yeah, get that straight. What? They're wearing the jerseys, 2018. What? What? The, old, the current jerseys stay this what? season. Was an outstanding uniform. I, I think uh, uh, paying homage to the Super Bowl team of the past. Really traditional, vintage. Uh, with that being said, my interaction with people on social media told me that a lot of folks really desired a change yeah, in the uniforms. I, and you're seeing that all over the place nowadays. The Titans like, this year. Yeah, I think the Rams are going to have Jaguars something in 2020. Changed, uh, right. The Jaguars changed their helmets. Thank God, that gold, that gold, that Matt Gold was not doing it for me. Well, I'm, I'm talking about the Jets uniforms here. Let, let me give you some facts here. The Jets, of course, started as the Titans of New York. Navy gold and white back from uh, 1960 to 1962. That in the polo grounds. And those three years you were in, uh, that was kindergarten and second grade for you, Greens. Uh, <laughs> then, 1963, the Jets become the Jets. The Titans transition to the Jets. Uh, and then we see the Kelly Green and White becoming synonymous with upstars from the American Football League Greens. Three major uniform changes since, including... Prior to 1998, when Bill Parcells uh, oversaw a color change from Kelly Green to Hunter Green, removing black as an accent color, uh, and paying homage to that Super Bowl three championship team with a modified version of that oval on a helmet that was used from 65 to 1977. So, do you have what, a favorite uniform? I don't know. Favorite helmet? Do you? Because they're old school, I like the Kelly Green with the lettering Jets on the side. Oh, yeah? I do like those, but I think that'd be a sweet alternate jersey. One of my favorite uniforms were actually the Color Rush because you got the white face Uh, mask. Yeah, When the the Jets go all white and it's a night game and you got the white face mask, that is clean. Yeah, but the Jets have had a couple whiteouts with the white face masks, but the Color Rush game... 
in Buffalo. That's the one you're talking about? Yeah, week two. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was an exciting game, too. Week two, 2016, I guess that would be. Yeah, it was week now, two of 2016. So we have to stress this. The Jets will be in their current uniform throughout the 2018 season. One omission, though. Week seven against the Minnesota Vikings at MetLife Stadium. Green out. The Jets will be wearing their quote-unquote color rush uniforms green on green week seven against the, the Vikes. The color rush uniforms? Yes. Like the, oh, okay. Yes. And so does that mean that the Thursday game against? I don't think I don't think the Jets will not. Uh, I believe the Jets are not in color rush for that game. Oh, they're not. Maybe you sure? Maybe it's. I was thinking maybe that's the all white. Uh, I don't know. Well, I there know. We go. I know all for right. certain that the week neon seven, green is so, coming. So week seven. I think a lot of people listen. Here's the thing, we don't know the details, so we can't comment on the new uniform. So we, we can't break it down for you and tell but you. They're oh, coming. Oh, this color, this or that logo, this or that jersey, this or that pant stripe or whatever. We don't know. But uh, Jets did a nice unveil on Sunday night. Pretty cool. I guess uh, the, the fellas in social media decided to do like a word puzzle or yeah. something. I didn't play Good with that. Good thing it wasn't Sudoku. I, I, I didn't play with that. So I, I, I wrote the article. And I know, I know the fellas did a nice job with uh, going through the uniforms over the years. So check that out on NewYorkJets.com and all our social media properties. That is something that I think fans are going to react enthusiastic to. And by the way, when we get to spring, they're going to some, <laughs> there's always going to be some people who don't like it because you have a section of people who don't like anything. You know, you could tell them, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. They're just, not, they're a hater. <laughs> You're a hater. Uh, there's gonna th- hate. There'll be other people who are like, uh, I don't know, maybe this is too much of a throwback or maybe it's too fashion forward for me or things like that. But I think uh, when you put Nike together, you put people in eternally together as far as uh, people looking out for the uniforms, I, I have complete belief that they're going to come up with a nice design that the majority of people will like. I'm going to second that. And on that note, come out to training camp. Green and white, Saturday, Rutgers. Well, green and white, you, that's your best opportunity, I think, right now. And that's a first for the Jets. Uh, and that's always a nice, fun family event. There it is. The official Jets podcast. Ethan Greenberg, Eric Allen. We're out.